Happy bonus day, bingers. Today's show is on the lighthearted side. I'm joined by the hosts of the Morbid Podcast, who today are here to chat about their newer show, Crime Countdown. They're family, they're fun, they're the dynamic duo, Ash and Elena. The internet's full of true crime podcasts. More and more are added to the list every day. Figuring out where to start or where to go next can be overwhelming. But have no fear, I'm here to help. I'm Bob Ruff, and this is the place to find your next true crime binge. Elena, how are you guys? Hello, we are great. How are you? Doing really well. I only heard one and I don't know which one. <laughs> that was Elena. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and this is Ash. I'm good too. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's good enough. I'm doing I'm doing well. Uh I'm really excited to do this. I um through a, a former uh I don't say coworker connection of mine, John Cohen, he uh he put me in touch with you guys because I was looking for someone to talk about the JFK assassination case. And uh, through him, I listened to a couple of your guys' episodes, and you guys are fun. <laughs> Thanks. We try to be. Thank you. <laughs> and you know what? We we love John, and we love JFK assassination theories. So this is it's like a, a match setup. made in heaven. <laughs> perfect combination. I was sort of hoping there was a, we love you, Bob, in there, but that's fine. I, my feelings aren't hurt. Oh, I'm sorry. We, you know what? We got cut off. We love Bob. <laughs> Huge fans of Bob and all so his much. work. <laughs> right. That's why it's so awesome that we're all working together now. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> that's great. So uh, first, before we get into the talk about the JFK assassination, I'm interested to see where this goes because the, you know, the, the format of your podcast the, is called Crime Countdown is you guys do like a top 10 list of sort of like I just listened the other day to your Halloween murders episode. It's a you guys. You guys don't go super in depth with any one thing. You kind of just hit on a bunch of little things. So I'm curious to see where this goes. But before we do that, I want to learn and for my audience to learn a little bit about you guys. Who are you two? Who are we? I was literally just going to say, who are we? Who are you? Uh, well, I'll go first. I'm Elena, and Ash and I are actually niece and aunt. And there's ten years apart. We're ten years apart. And we actually, really? were, yeah, we were raised as sisters, so we consider ourselves more sisters. Yes. But I am on, when I'm not doing Morbid, our other uh, podcast besides Crime Countdown, we, I am doing autopsy technician thing. So I'm ev- eviscerating people <laughs> on my off time. Casual. Wait, wait, yeah. you're, you're an autopsy technician? Yeah. That's your day job? <laughs> yeah, that's my day job. Slash night job. <laughs> That explains so much. So I, I don't know if you guys know that I used to be a I used to be a firefighter. I was a, yes. for f- fifteen years, and you know when I listen to your podcast and, and you know one great part of the, one great thing about this format that we're doing this season is people are getting introduced to new shows that they can check out, kind of find their next big binge. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and it's not you know there's new shows. Some shows are are not for everybody. Some are very people are looking for very serious shows. People are looking for more lighthearted shows. I tend to like the lighthearted ones a little more because our show is so serious. But part of that, I think, is from my years of being a firefighter. That's kind of how in our industry we deal with really awful, stressful situations is we we joke around about them a little bit. It makes us feel better. Mm-hmm. And so I can kind of get some of your personality 
in the fact that you, <laughs> you work on autopsies. Yeah, it's, it's it's completely like you know it, the gallows humor. It's like necessary mm-hmm. just you to get through to get through a shift you need it. Right, right. Okay, so so Elena is an autopsy technician. Yes. Ash, what do you do? What do you do you have a day job or are you a full-time podcaster now? I am technically a full-time podcaster, but I still do freelance hairdressing on the side. Um, I was working at a salon and then everything with the pandemic hit and I was like, well, you know what? Let's just focus on the podcast for now. But I'm like complete opposite end of the spectrum, like different side of the brain. <laughs> yep, definitely. <laughs> right. Well, and that's uh, that makes a great combination. So we have an autopsy technician and a hairstylist yeah. make a podcast. It <laughs> yes. sounds like a, like a joke you'd hear in a bar. Yeah, we cover all bases. We really do. So, so that's that's your your entire history leading up to do either of you ever have any experience working in media entertainment in the audio world or those were your day jobs and then you decided to make a podcast yeah neither one of us had any experience with this and if you listen to our first episodes of morbid uh it's it's pretty apparent <laughs> we're like essentially underwater in the first i'd say like 20 episodes oh yeah we're ten thousand leagues under the sea in the first like yeah it's it's pretty rough you know i, I <laughs> I have 10 episodes just like that from 2015 when I started doing it with no experience. I love that. I think that everyone has good. that like little group of episodes in the beginning, and that's how you know who your true fans are if they stuck oh, yeah. through those episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had to change the name of my podcast to try to hide from those episodes. <laughs> that's actually genius. You know what? We might do that. I know. Let's archive those. <laughs> so so how did you guys get to... So, so you, you grew up together like sisters, and and you guys have these very, very different jobs. So, how does it come to be that at some point you guys make a podcast and then another podcast and both are very popular shows? How did you guys, well, what, what did that conversation go like? Whose idea was it? How did you become podcasters? So, it was definitely, it was something we've talked about since, I mean, we're both huge podcast listeners mm-hmm. and we have been forever. And I've always been obsessed with true crime. I've always, and again, this is Elena, just in case some people can't tell our voices apart. Uh, <laughs> I, I, totally, I totally knew it was Elena. Oh, good. Okay. See, we're best friends now. We get it. Uh, <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so I've always been obsessed with kind of like the weird and the macabre and spooky and horror movies. I've just always been drawn to that side of everything. Mm-hmm. And so Ash kind of had no choice growing up but to also be part of all that because I just kind of like force fed her in. Like from birth. I remember being like right. seven and eight watching those like E! True Hollywood like top 10 scariest crimes in Hollywood. And I'm like, yeah, awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And I think one day we, I mean, we were always talking about it. I have like an entire bookshelf of true crime books and like medical examiner books. And I was like, you know, we have all this like weird, useless knowledge. I feel like maybe, maybe we should just like try a podcast. We just like randomly came up with it one day, both of us. Was it over drinks by any chance? It wasn't, weirdly no. enough. I think it was like- Probably no over kid. coffee, knowing Over us. coffee, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and it was Ash who came up with the name, actually. And we were like, okay, we'll just do this just to kind of get it out of our head and like just try it. And four people will listen. It'll yeah. be like lots of fun. We never, ever, right. ever went into it thinking it would be at all successful. No. Really. <laughs> we're still really confused about the whole thing. Yeah. We're like, oh, this is cool. When did this happen? Well, that's what's so cool about this industry is you can, you know, anybody, and I've shown that, you guys have shown that, anybody can make a podcast with Yeah. When I started, it was with, the, you know, with a couple hundred dollars, you could buy the stuff to make one. Now you can make one on your phone. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter if anybody listens. You know, when I, when I made my first podcast, you know, I, it didn't matter if anybody listened. It was just for fun. And then if, if it's good and people like it, then it, then it takes off. And so 
you guys had that very similar experience that I did where you just, you know, let's just start it and see what happens. So was, was exactly. Morbid first before CrimeCon or Crime Countdown? Yeah, Morbid was first. And then I'd say like a year and a half yeah. into doing Morbid, we were approached by Max and everybody over at Parcast uh, for Crime Countdown. And they explained the whole thing to us. It's like Max's little like brainchild. And we were like, yes, mm-hmm. we are so in. And I mean, who doesn't love a top 10 list of anything? I think it's like nice and digestible. So I think I always look for that stuff. And, you know, if you're not, you don't really have a lot of time, you're in the car or something, it's kind of a shorter episode, Mm -hmm. but you get a lot that you can go look further into. It's like an extra dose of morbid. Yeah. Right. It's it's a little bit, it's a little bit David Letterman-esque. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That's what we're going for. (laughs) Right. So... Crime Countdown was a brainchild of someone over at Parcast. They they brought it to you guys. Yeah, it must be because they loved your work on Morbid. It must be. I guess so. <laughs> Pat self on back. <laughs> you know, I, I'll be honest. When I listened to you to a couple of your episodes, I was I listened. And I thought, oh, they, they must be because I, I honestly had no idea who you guys were as far as your background. So like, oh, they must be voice actresses because I know uh, you know Parcast does a lot of scripted podcasts and things like this. Like, oh, they must they must be voice actresses. That they brought in for this, but they just, you just had a podcast they liked. And so they just said, Hey, why don't you try this one too? Wow, that's such a good compliment. I know. Thank you so much. <laughs> a voice actress. Let me add that to my resume. I know. <laughs> well, okay. So now, now I, I need to know a little bit about your guys' process because when I listened to those episodes, you guys are very quick and quippy and everything <laughs> flows very smoothly. Are you are you working off a script, and if so, do you write it, or do you have a a, a team behind you uh, setting you guys up? So for Crime Countdown, we have like a um, kind of like a framework script, yeah, like an outline. I would call yeah, it. yeah, where they give us all the like really straight information. Just here's the facts bulleted, and then we can mm-hmm. basically take that however we want, and we can go wherever we want with it. And then I think uh-huh. we just be, and I think it's too much to our benefit that we've grown up our entire lives together. So we know each other's humor. Mm-hmm. We know we kind of flow that way with each other anyways. So it just kind of like, st- once it starts, we can't stop. Even in real life, we have this like weird banter between us. If you watch Gilmore Girls, I think that we are Rory and Lorelai Gilmore. <laughs> you, you know, I, I'm shocked. So I was thinking after listening to that, like, surely this is scripted and highly edited to make it sound so quick. And then when I get them on the phone, it's going to be very different. And you guys sound the same together now, finishing each other's sentences as you do on the podcast. <laughs> thank well, you. thank you. <laughs> so we're going to be talking today about the JFK assassination. Today, the day this is airing, is the anniversary, the 57th anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. You guys have coming, when is your episode going to drop? Because I've been told you've already recorded an episode with a top 10 countdown about the the top 10 JFK theories. It's going to drop, is it later this week? Keep in mind, we're in a time machine and it is November <laughs> 22nd right now. <laughs> I think it's coming out on uh, November 23rd, I want to say. Okay, so the, do you guys drop on Mondays? The Monday. Yeah, yeah Monday. I was going to say that Monday. Okay, so tomorrow... Look at uh, that. You guys, your episode's going to drop. So today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to take you guys into a little more depth and cover a few of these top 10. And then anybody that wants to hear the rest of them can then tune in tomorrow to Crime Countdown to get the full top 10 list, which I will be doing because I didn't know there were 10 theories. We didn't either. When we first went into it, we were like, whoa. Yeah, and then we got into it and we were like, whoa. And I, personally, I was like, I need to find even more of these. These are crazy. 
I know. It just goes down a rabbit hole once you start. Seriously. Okay, so let's get into this. Uh, I asked you guys if you could pull together three to five theories. So, Ash or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you which one. Ash, you get to go first. Okay, perfect. What is one of your theories or it can be your favorite theory or which one do you want to talk about first? My favorite theory is the Secret Service agent theory, <laughs> where the Secret Service agent was super, super hungover. I think it was George Hickey, and he was riding in the car behind JFK, and he had gone uh-huh. out with his pals, like, partying the night before. Big Secret Service party the <laughs> you night know, before. how they go. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Is, 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 there, is there, like, evidence to support that the man was out drinking the night before? I don't know if it's just, like, everybody talking about it the next day, or... It's pretty accepted, though, that they were all, like, out drinking yeah. the night before. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go, so, so, go on. So, we have a, we have a hungover Secret Service agent. Yep, right which is next to already JFK. recipe for disaster. So, he's, the beginning of a great joke. Yeah, exactly. He's riding in the car behind JFK. And when the first shot was fired, I guess he responded by firing back, like, against the shot in that direction. But the car lurched and he basically apparently shot JFK with the second kill shot. Wait, okay. So, <laughs> You're so like, let theory. me get this straight. <laughs> I, was, I was in the middle of sipping my coffee when you said that. So there's a legit theory out there that the hungover Secret Service agent, here's the first shot, which is either uh, the wounding shot, probably the one that hit him in the, hit Kennedy in the neck. And then in returning fire, he shoots Kennedy in the head. Yes, exactly. Is the, is, am I understanding that right? You got that exactly right. Basically the worst day at the job ever. I think he was promptly fired the next day. Like, it, it's bad when you hit reply all on an email <laughs> at work. Shooting your boss is really This is real there. bad. <laughs> wow. Like I've, I've literally never heard this. And now I'm, I'm writing down the, uh, to go down the rabbit hole of the Secret Service. So I have a, I have a guy coming in. Uh, this weekend for my other podcast, Bob and Weave, to talk about the Kennedy assassination, who is like, he's a history professor and he's like researched this forever. And I am definitely asking him about the, the hungover Secret Service agent. I want to hear more about I it. I do too. I, I hope he knows what you're talking in. about. He's not going to be like, what are those girls saying over there? <laughs> <laughs> they made that up. <laughs> okay, so, so we have uh, theory number one is the hungover Secret Service agent. And so then obviously that would involve a, a, a cover-up. Must It has to be. Oh, for no sure. no one knows that the Secret Service agent actually shot his boss with, I'm assuming, a pistol? Yeah, I think so, I think so, it was right? a pistol, yeah. Oh, wow. And okay. I think that so was kind of part of it, too, was like one of the, the bullet was supposedly like kind of like disintegrated in his skull. And they said that it didn't uh-huh. match the bullet that was supposedly coming from Lee Harvey Oswald's gun. So they were like, ooh, is this another gun? And they tried to pretend that it was like maybe the Secret Service, you know, the bullet that came from that gun was the one that disintegrated. There's all these like crazy theories. Whose gun done it? Right. So is this, is this like, uh, have you guys been in, is this like a Reddit rabbit hole somewhere? Oh, it, it for sure is. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I am going into that rabbit hole. <laughs> Do it, but like okay. Godspeed. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> right. So, all right. So that, that's Ash. Elena. Uh, what is your number one theory? So my number one theory is just as ridiculous, but in a different way. It's called the Umbrella Man oh, theory. This is a good one. Oh, this one I'm a little bit familiar with. Okay. This one's kind of fun just because I feel really bad for this guy. So this guy's name was Louis Stephen Witt. 
And he just happened to be on the sidelines of this whole parade with a black umbrella. And he was, like, dressed very nicely. And he's holding the black umbrella open over his head. But it was, like, a nice sunny day, which a lot of people point to as, like, why you know, that's unusual. But, mm-hmm. like, if you're pale, you understand. You like, get maybe it. Maybe he was just trying to use it as a parasol. <laughs> uh, but either way, right. <laughs> people were thinking that, you know, he was very out of place. He looked a little strange. So they were thinking that maybe he was signaling to the shooter. But with that umbrella. Didn't he like open and close the umbrella? Like he right did. before. Okay. Yeah, it was kind of like a weird timed thing. So they thought maybe he was signaling to the shooter with that. They also saw thought that maybe he had a poison dart that was possibly hidden in the umbrella or he used it, used the umbrella as a distraction, and that he shot the poison dart into JFK's neck, which immobilized him, allowing for the kill shot. Which okay. well, <laughs> yeah, that that was. See, you lost me there. You had yeah. me with the umbrella and the signaling. But there's actually a theory out there that that he shot a poison dart. Uh, you heard it here first out of his umbrella. Yeah. We're getting wild with it. So it seems totally. I think it checks out. <laughs> you know, it's poison legit. darts all over the place. Totally. Wow. You know, I, I've always I've always been interested in that. You know, there's what the the crazy thing about this is that this is it never happened before. But we have a live video of the assassination of a president uh, and and so there's there's all this stuff to pick apart and it's just it's it's fascinating to watch it i, I want to be i guess it's gonna be my turn for theory number three and this is a crazy one have you guys considered or looked into the fact that lee harvey oswald acted alone that one see i go back and forth with that i know one. i do too because there's a lot that's there's a lot for it and there's a lot against it. I feel. I feel like I can't make up my mind on that one at all. I feel I like every time I've made up my mind, I find more evidence, and I'm like, well, crap, maybe he didn't, or maybe he did. Yeah, like Reddit comes and just wakes me up and tells me no, and then I have to go down another rabbit hole. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's the least interesting theory. So so why is it? Do you guys have, have an opinion? You said that you kind of go back and forth. What are some some issues, or what are what is some evidence that leads you to believe? that it was Oswald alone. And then we'll go through some things that make you believe that it wasn't. So it kind of, I think just like logic kind of makes me feel like maybe he acted alone. Like, because it does kind of all, when they give you everything with that theory, it lines up. Like, it just makes sense. There's really no, and the fact that they haven't presented anything that can really show that there was another shooter definitely makes you kind of lean towards it but then you think about the fact that it's like the government and there's all these crazy conspiracies and some of them make a little bit of sense like there's like the grassy knoll theory with the second shooter and it's kind of and it kind of you know lends a little credence to it a little bit well that you know i I gotta tell you kevin costner had me convinced about i don't know was it 20 years ago when when the jfk movie came out with him yes yeah he had me convinced that there was definitely a second shooter because everything made sense. And I had to, I, after watching that show, I had to remind myself about 30 times that it's not a documentary because it's, it's, it's so convincing. But then a lot of the stuff that was in there is, you know, it, it seems accurate. You know, the, the whole magic bullet theory. Exactly. Is that one you guys have in your, in your, uh, your collection there yeah yeah the grassy knoll theory is like a primo on our list yeah and the grassy knoll theory is the one that has the magic bullet that went through jfk and then hit texas governor john b Connolly, which is like whoa but it does happen i guess i mean you okay, never well, know let's hear, walk can you walk us through the magic bullet theory so the magic bullet theory is that 
They're saying there's a second shooter in this theory, and that three shots were fired, but the first one missed. And they're saying the second shot is that magic bullet, and they'd call it the magic bullet because it supposedly went through JFK and then hit Texas Governor John B. Connolly at, like, the same bullet. Which, it can happen. Like, they've done, like, forensics that shows that it can happen. But then they're saying that the third bullet is the one that actually killed JFK. And the third bullet came from the grassy knoll. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And they're saying a lot of people don't believe the magic bullet thing, that it would actually go through, that this particular bullet would go through two people. But, and I think it's like JFK's head snaps backwards, which a lot of people point to as him being shot from the front. Right. But it kind of, that kind of makes sense that he just kind of got shot and the force of it shot him backward. You know, it's like, it's hard for people to understand the physics of it. It's hard for anybody to. I, you know, I don't understand the physics no. of it. You know, and, and I, and, and the whole magic bullet theory depends on what you're calling the theory. Kind of, I think it goes both ways. So that the reason they call it the magic bullet is not necessarily just because it went through Kennedy and Connolly in front of him, um, which I think surely can happen. But it's because of the the path of travel. It's like it, the magic bullet supposedly went into the back of Kennedy's neck. Yes, out of his throat, into the back of the seat in front of him through, and I'm working from memory here, but through <laughs> Connolly's right shoulder yes. and then through Connolly's right wrist and then embeds in Connolly's left thigh. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. I forgot about the, where it ended up. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, and that was, you know, Kevin Costner explained, you know, the bullet made a, <laughs> made a 90 degree turn and then went completely across his body into his left thigh, which seems cr- crazy. I have heard uh, people explain that a little bit. Apparently, in the the presidential limousine, the um, the Kennedy seat in the back was raised up higher, and Connolly's oh, seat sense. was was raised down lower, so that you know he could he could be up higher and waving. And that after the first shot, which there's some people say was a miss, that Connolly had turned toward you know turned to the right towards, so maybe the path of travel works. But you know, I've, I've I've heard the magic bullet theory used to explain that it was one shooter, that it was Oswald alone, because you know they're trying to explain how could one person shoot and miss, shoot, hit Kennedy in the in the throat, shoot again and hit Connolly, and then shoot again and and make the kill shot on Kennedy's head, and so the magic bullet theory kind of came into like, well, this is how because two of those shots were one shot. Exactly. Just kind of explains everything away. Yeah, all you have to do is have this this magic bullet. But the the physics of of his head going, as Costner said over and over again, back and to the left, <laughs> back and to the left, back and to the left. I still don't now now, Elena, I think, you're the autopsy technician. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. <laughs> of course. So if you ever in in your in your in your day job or night job. Have you ever worked on gunshot wounds like this? I have or not. Any kind of gunshot wounds? On this particular I've not gotten a gunshot wound to like the head or the neck or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I can in that's the thing cuz it's I I there's times when I think I understand it when I like see the Zapruder film and I'm like, "Oh, so the bu- bullet went in here and that's why his head snaps this way." And that's but then you watch it again and you're like, "No, that doesn't make sense." Like there's really the physics really don't line up anyway in this whole thing, unfortunately. 
that's my issue with it yeah. is, is the, the kill shot. And I've heard people explain, some smart people, much smarter than me, have explained <laughs> how the, the round can come from back into the right and it can cause the head to go back into the left. But then you have, you know, you have Jackie, who after the after that fatal shot, we see climbing out of the seat, climbing back towards, yeah. you know, the the trunk of the car, and actually picks up a piece of of her husband's brain. Actually, yeah, uh, that is unbelievable. That is from the and, and that's I don't like how if it came from the other way, all the force is going forward. How did that end up back there? And you know, and I've investigated a lot of crime scenes in what I do. But you know, and, and and I'm also a hunter, so I've seen what bullet wounds do. It, yeah, it, and I, I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen anything get projected back towards the the firing point like that. So that is what the confusing thing is, and I think it's I, I've seen some people try to explain it, where like the bullet went in and it caused some kind of you know some kind of force happened when it like shattered part of his skull that possibly blew it. In the opposite direction, you know what I mean? Like that kind of like pushes him the other way than you would think he would go. But it's again, like no, nobody can really say for sure. It's one of those things that we're just like never gonna know. If only Zabruder had a better like an HD camera that yes. we could put, you know, <laughs> at, at, a, at a high frame rate that we yeah. can really slow down. I think he really dropped the ball there. He really did. We just need someone to travel back in time and just kind of like yeah. put that in there for him real quick. Grab an iPhone with the three cameras on it. There you go. <laughs> right, right. You know, uh, speaking of traveling back in time, s- side note, have either of you watched or read Stephen King's uh, 112263? No, that's no. one that I've been meaning to, especially after all of this. It's one that I've been meaning to pick up because I love Stephen King, but I've heard a lot oh, about it's it. It's so good. So I listened to the audiobook, fabulous. And then oh. they, uh, oh, there was a, like a Hulu original that uh, with uh, James Franco. Oh yeah! Oh, somebody Solid. just asked us if we had seen that. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, it's it, it it's really good. the 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 show is good, not quite as good as the book, but anyway, that but it's for you listeners. There's a recommendation for if you're li- looking for something to listen to or watch. Uh, but it it is about time travel trying to stop the Kennedy assassination. Very oh, I good. love that. Yeah. Ooh, thank you for that recommendation. All right. So, uh, what is our next theory to discuss? Uh, my like second favorite, it's honestly a tie for my first favorite, is that the mob did it because I love any good mob story. You got it. And this it. is Ash. <laughs> so basically, they're saying because I, of course I knew it was Ash <laughs> <laughs> because RFK was so like into taking down organized crime. They're basically saying mm-hmm. that the mob was like, you know what, we're gonna take out your brother. So yeah, you know, you just never know what happened. Exactly. It makes a lot of sense to me. The mob is pretty shady, so. Well, and that that sort of ties into some of the the Jack Ruby stuff. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, the story gets crazier as like the week goes on. Oh yeah, you know that that they catch Oswald, and then you know we get the the American people in 1963 got the, to see the second uh, murder happen on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not that the Bruders was on TV, but yeah, I mean, as they're taking Oswald out, Jack Ruby steps out and shoots him. Didn't he have some kind of ties to the mob, or it was expected that he did? I think that it was suspected that he did at one point. Yeah, I think that was the first thing people thought of. But then there was also something like I think he had. I don't know if you guys have dug into this, but it's, I think like he had uh, he had like terminal cancer. Like, or, so he oh was, yeah, you know, he was, I do remember reading that. So so yeah, and I've read that he you know that that the, there's these conspiracy theories that it was to you know eliminate the eliminate the patsy for the mob. But then there's I've also heard that he just 
he, he wanted to do this before he died because he he loved Kennedy. I have no idea, but the but the the mob hit seems interesting. It seems it seems like they would go after Robert like they did a few years later instead of his brother, though. It's that true. is true. Yeah, because there's a lot of like third parties happening now. Because it's like all of a sudden we're bringing in the mob that's going after JFK because of RFK. Yeah, it's it like, is. Uh, it is a little weird, right? <laughs> That's that's a hell of a message to send. Like, I'm mad at you, so I'm going to kill your brother, the president. <laughs> Who is the president? Yeah, like, that's a real... But then again, that's a real big message to send. And I feel like sometimes that is how the mob takes care of things. It's like, I'm going to kill the person that you love the most. That's very true. So you better watch out. Yeah, yeah. So it, it makes sense until, you know, he's the president. Exactly. Like, it seems like, exactly. It seems like a difficult target to choose instead of, you know, someone who's maybe closer to you or closer to him or some kind of close loved one. Exactly. All right. So Elena, what do you have next? All right. So I'm going to say that my next one that I really like is the Mary Pincho Meyer one. Mm, that's a good one. This one I uh, had what? no idea about before. This is like, all I've never even me. heard of this. Hey, explain this to me. So Mary Pincho Meyer was a really well-known, like very, you know, high up socialite. She hung out with all these, you know, all the candidates. She was like really good friends with Jackie. Yeah, she, that's in that's really? even it's even shady. I think they were neighbors, weren't they? Oh yeah, don't you worry. We're going to talk about that cuz she <laughs> she had some, she had some shady stuff going on. So she went to high school with JFK and they okay. were friends. They were good friends. They stayed friends. Well, they started having an affair after her divorce in 1958. And in case anybody doesn't know, he was married to Jackie Kennedy, so <laughs> that was right, no uh, good. JFK was married. He sure was. Like, d despite popular belief, he was married. So right. she would actually visit him at the White House while Jackie was out of town. And at the time, she was friends, like really good friends with Jackie. They took walks all the time, like shady, shady, Apparently shady. not as good friends as Jackie thought. Yeah, apparently. Right. Uh, they even have letters that he wrote to her that they discovered afterwards that are like actual, I think they're like, they're um, being displayed somewhere now. But in one of them, he literally is like asking her to come to Boston to be with him on the Cape. And it's like, why don't you just say yes, my dear? Like, it's like very clear that they're uh. having an affair. Uh, so what happened to her was she was shot while walking in broad daylight in a place where she had always walked. She was shot with one shot to the head and one to the chest, like execution style. This would be weird kind of all by itself, but... Is this before or after the Kennedy assassination? This was afterwards, and it was also after the release of the Warren Commission that said the assassin assassination was the work of the lone gunman. She disagreed, mm -hmm. and she disagreed very vocally. I was going to say very publicly. Yeah. So... That's something. And then they found out that the CIA was wiretapping her phone after the murder. And they, this is when they found it out after the murder. And that the counterintelligence chief was caught breaking into her studio to find her diary. So what's the, what's the theory here? That she had something to do with the assassination or she was the impetus for it or the, the reason for it? I think she was catching on to it. I think she knew too much. She knows because her disagreeing with that lone gunman theory to me is like, wait a second. What did she know? So what did she know about that lone gunman theory? Hmm. I wonder. So trying to this theory being new to me, is, is this something like that this relationship that he has with her? Is getting dangerous, or the or somebody in government sees this as being dangerous, so maybe they put a stop to it. And then when she tries, she's thinking about whistleblowing. They put an end to her as well. Exactly, mm -hmm. and for, for them to go in and 
try to get her diary, which I don't think they found ever. So maybe they did find it because they didn't find it afterwards. They, I think they knew that maybe there was some things she was writing down in her journal about this stuff, maybe thoughts that she had. And the fact that they had that letter between these letters between them that they were clearly having like a pretty intense affair. Mm -hmm. And I think they were thinking maybe. Maybe she knows something that she shouldn't know, and she's going to yell about it. But we don't want her to share with the public, so we got to take her on a long vacation. Uh, They take her to the train station. They sure did. If you know your Yellowstone. (laughs) Are you guys Yellowstone fans? Yes. (laughs) As soon as you said that, it's like, they sure did. (laughs) Right. Uh, Okay, that's super interesting. We've got time for for one more. What's, What's the... The, the last, the most important theory for our audience to hear about before we, we put an end to this. I think this is the best one to end on, that the FBI was behind the assassination. This is just a lot of fun, right? to be honest. Right, right. The FBI, I mean, and in my opinion, maybe under the direction of LBJ, who yes. wanted to be president. Yes. There you go. And J. Edgar Hoover, because he was actually running the FBI at that time, and he was about to mm-hmm. lose his job because JFK didn't like him. There you go. Really? Okay. Yeah, I did not know that. So, th- so, so, what? What are the beats of that theory? Is it just just the FBI was involved, or is there more to it? So they think that J. Edgar Hoover knew of various plots to kill Kennedy and just didn't take any action because I guess he failed to inform the Secret Service of threats to the president's life. Ooh. <laughs> I oh, love wow. how he's just like letting. He's like, oh yeah, I heard that somebody wanted to murder the president, but I'm just gonna go about my day yeah you know it's that's not in my jurisdiction yeah (laughs) yeah then doesn't do anything about it and he's like i didn't kill him yeah i had nothing to do with that and they kind of thought that he was setting up lbj to take over as president oh there you go right well there's so much there's so many like like spinoffs of conspiracy theories about you know if lbj was involved and why if he was why he would have done it why the government went along with it some of it ties in with like what was going on in Vietnam. There's there's all kinds of, of really interesting, crazy theories. Do you guys get into any of that in the the rest of your top, top 10 countdown that's coming out tomorrow? We do get into a couple of things that have to do with that. We talk about the CIA. We talk about a couple of other like interesting players that I had no idea were even involved in this whole thing, like journalists mm-hmm. and stuff. So there's a lot of interesting deaths that seem to happen around this that they're connecting to it. Yeah. That we talk about. There's also a theory that Lee Harvey Oswald himself was an FBI informant that ended up getting framed for the murder. That's another good one. Well, he did say he was a patsy. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, th- this has been awesome. I, I hesitate to say it's been fun, but it really has been <laughs> um, but when we're talking about the, the, the murder of someone. But, but I will definitely be checking out your guys' podcast tomorrow to hear the rest of these theories, and also for our audience, if you're listening to this, if you're one of the people that don't like fun and <laughs> you are you want to hear more in-depth stuff, make sure you turn in, tune into this week's Friday follow-up because um, myself and Mike and Zach are going to dig into this pretty deeply on the follow-up this week. Uh, but for now, uh, Ash and Elena, thank you guys for coming on. This is this has been, as I said, it's been fun. It's been interesting. I learned a couple new theories I didn't know about. And before I let you guys go. Each of you tell me, aside from the JFK one, what's your favorite Crime Countdown episode that our listeners should go check out? So this is Elena. And also, I just want to say thank you so much for having us on here. It really has been fun, even though we've talked about like a pretty um, famous murder. Uh, (laughs) 
And I would say my favorite episode so far, we have a few that haven't come out yet that are going to be awesome, but my favorite one was the stolen body parts episode. And it's exactly what it sounds like. That was a very good one. Yeah. So so that is a a top 10 stolen body parts <laughs> of 10 different cases where there were stolen body parts. Oh yeah. And there's every body part you can probably conceive right now on that list. I have a few I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, and Ash? Um uh, my favorite I think would have to be Daring Prison Breaks. That one was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, it was. Daring Prison Breaks. So there you guys have it. You we can you can hear about stolen body parts. You can hear 10 different cases, top 10 cases of daring prison breaks. You get JFK tomorrow. Um, and and I would say that uh, in listening to Ash and Elena on this episode, give you a pretty good flavor of what their podcast sounds like. Sounds interesting to you. Go check it out. And once again, guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. Crime Binge is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Audioboom. Produced and edited by Mike Bussing. Music and artwork by Shane Yoder of PutThemInASong.com. Our website, TrueCrimeBinge.com, was created by Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com. If you're a listener and would like to recommend a future guest or a podcaster that would like to request an interview, you can do so right on our website. And again, that web address is TrueCrimeBinge.com. If you're enjoying the show, please do me a huge favor and take a minute to rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're using to listen. And make sure you give us a follow on social media. We can be found everywhere at True Crime Binge. Thank you so much for listening and make sure you tune in next Wednesday morning for another podcaster, another case, and another True Crime Binge.